Is that better? Yes. Luke said, are you going to be embarrassing? Yeah. <laughs> so, um, so we're going to carry on looking at the whole thing about adventure. And um, I was talking to Charlotte last week in the car, and I said I'm going to be talking about um, really things that maybe stop us or don't always encourage us to, to go out on an adventure. And she listed off a big long list straight off her. I thought, oh, wow. So I sort of had to get home and make some notes. But the one thing she said was, well, having me is an adventure. I mean, yeah. <laughs> and it's not over yet. <laughs> so uh, how do we do this? Is it that one? That one? Is it on? Left and right? There we go. So we're going to look at things that might sort of stop us or, or just you know, cause us to wonder whether it's for us and things like that, the, going on an adventure. And... Um, the thing about technology, I've got the slideshow on my tablet, but I've got notes on a paper because I haven't quite worked out how to get it all in one place. What I want is that technology where you just go like that. You know, that, you see in the, in the movies, just go like that, and it's there. And that's, that's what we're, we're heading towards. But at the moment, um, we have to make do with paper and, uh, and some other stuff. So what I'm going to do, I'm just going to tell a few stories of things that I've learned along the way, um, my adventure with God and all the different things that I've got up to. And I have to be very clear is that I haven't finished learning yet. I'm still in that process of, of learning and hearing from God and acting and, and, and stuff like that. And I'm still on that, on that um, adventure, I suppose, of just actually being able to hear what God says and step out and do it. Um, so we're going to start looking at um, the things that stop us. So, when you hear about the possibility of getting involved in an adventure, what sort of reaction do you have? What's, what's the first thing that goes off in your, in, your, in your brain? I could go in and ask for answers, but I won't. Um, but I'm sure it's going to be things like, oh, well, that'd be nice, but I've got my family to think about, I've got my work to think about, I've got finances, all, all these different things. These are all things that are going to get in the way. You know, how, how will my family cope without me? How will, Deb, uh, how will Deb wake up in the morning without her cup of tea? I mean, that's a big question. Yeah. <laughs> Excuse me, I do make the tea. 6.30 every morning, but only on a school day. Um, what about work? Oh, I couldn't possibly get the time off work. They're far too busy at the moment. Oh, they wouldn't let me. Or, well, you know... There's things that we're saving up for. We can't really use our finances for things like that because, you know, I've got this to buy and we want to do this and all this. These are just some thoughts that I think come to mind. But especially when you're talking about maybe doing a trip overseas or whatever, you go, oh, well, what about all of this? I can see Alan nodding already. Um, But it's that sort of thing that you just think, oh, well, and you, you basically you start to reason why you shouldn't go. And then by the, by the time your thought process ended, you're not going. It's all done because you've decided on these things. Or sometimes you might get this thought. That sounds nice, but I'm sure somebody else is more suitable. And, you know, immediately you think, oh, that would be good for someone to go and do that. And sometimes that might be okay, but I think what you need to do first is to say to yourself... Is this for me? And if you ask yourself first, 
And then you can clearly say, well, actually, maybe it's not, but I think it might be for some. Then it's okay to speak to someone and say, I thought of you when this came up. But I think always the first place should be, is this for me? And it doesn't matter what it is. You know, it could be, it could be, um, it could be children's work. Doesn't, you're not too old for that. Oh, is that for me? Maybe not. Maybe it's for someone else. But the response should always be, first of all, is this for me? And then if it's not, then that's okay. What about, oh, that sounds dangerous. I think that was a, was that a, was that a response about the Iraq teams? Oh, that sounds a bit dangerous. I'm sure some people had that thought. Well, let me just tell you a couple of stories. Now, some of you, some of you know, and some of you don't, that I spent some time in Mozambique. Um, and um, when I was there the first time round, um, it was during the Civil War. And... Um, it was quite an interesting time. We, we couldn't buy much food there. We, we, didn't have, um, we only had running water maybe you know, for a couple of hours a day. Uh, we were in a house, and I'm going to show you some pictures of the house because some of you may not even know the story of the, the base in, uh, in, in Bayra that we now use, the Lifeline base, but what it actually looked like when we first got there. But the whole thing about being a bit dangerous was... Um, well, I mean, the, thing, the, the first thing that I, I, I came across was the thunderstorms. A, they love a good thunderstorm in Africa. I mean, I love a good thunderstorm, but they, they really big it up. And um, over the period of time, we lost, I think we lost about four computers because the lightning was striking so close to the house. Um, it was coming down the telephone lines, down the power lines, making power surgery over the place. It was, we had a, 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 a UPS, which is a, a protection, surge protection box, in line before it got to the computer. It would blow that and the computer, so they were rubbish. But it was just the fact that lightning was striking in a, in a thunderstorm really close by. And if you imagine the house where we lived, we had these bars, metal bars, on all the doors and windows. We were a proper lightning attractor, you know. Um, so, yeah, that was quite dangerous. But actually more so was the fact that we were in the, I was in the middle of a civil war. And what that meant was that if, if I was out after dark, I mean, it gets dark at six, so it was quite likely, you know, I'd be out after dark. There were often um, gangs of men going up down the street with, with machine guns. They were just there. That was just, well, okay. And you didn't quite know what side they were on because they, nobody had uniforms and stuff like that. So they were just gangs of men with machine guns. And then there were, um, you know, the house next door but one to us um, one night had a hand grenade thrown through the, the ground floor window, uh, which wasn't very pretty. And then um, twice while I was there, um, there was a full-scale attack on Byra Airport. Well, Byra Airport was only two miles from where the house was. And so at night, you could hear the bombs and the machine guns and everything going off. And, you know, the funny thing was, was that the, all that time, I knew I was safe because I knew where God wanted me to be. And it was that whole thing of actually, I was there, I was in amongst all this stuff, but because I knew God wanted me there, that was the safest place for me. And I knew that God was looking out for me. Um, you know, so, yeah, sometimes things might be dangerous, but actually, God can look out for us. God can, you know, if you're where God wants you to be, then he's going he's gonna to be looking after you. So, it's not really an excuse. It could be dangerous, but yeah, it just adds to the fun. Um, or, what's my, what's my notes? Where are we going? I wouldn't be much use. Now, how many people have thought, oh, I could, do a, I, could, I could do that, but actually I'm not much good at that. 
Oh, you know, even I even thought this to myself about something else this week. I thought, what? I just it was that initial thought. Oh, yeah, I wouldn't be any good at that. And I and I wrote myself off before I'd even thought about it. But sometimes we just have this initial reaction of, well, you know, I wouldn't be very good. There's nothing. I can't bring anything. I, I, you know, I, I don't do prophetic dance and stuff like that. So how useful am I going to be? <laughs> Well, I could. <laughs> there is time to learn. <laughs> the way you're shaking it, Charlotte's shaking her head. Anyway, um, the thing was is that I know there was at least one person on the Zimbabwe team that said this, and yet when we were in Zimbabwe, they were just fantastic. They were completely used by God, and the team wouldn't have been the same without them. So, you know, even when you think, oh, maybe I'm not much use, actually God has other ideas. God can use you. All you have to do is say, Actually, I'm available. All I, all I have to say is I'm available and God can do stuff. You know, I, I, I was, when I was planning or talking about, thinking about this, I was reminded of Anthony's testimony from a few weeks ago when he found himself in that, uh, that sort of um, quite a select meeting with some very powerful, high-powered people. And he sat there thinking, what am I going to say? What can I do? And a little, a little prompt from Avril was, well, I'll just see what God has to say. Just that being available to hear, or you know, to hear or do what God wants you to do, could completely change things around. So, having that thought of well, I wouldn't be much as well. Actually, that's not really an excuse either. Or, hmm, I don't think I could do that. So again, it's a similar sort of thing. But let me let's just tell you, uh, give you a quick description. So. As I said, I, I went out to Mozambique, and the first time I went out there, I, it was in 1989. I don't look that old, do I? Anyway, um, the, the thing is, is that um, we went out there, and um, it was a long story, but basically, uh, somebody that we were working with in Zimbabwe had gone into Mozambique during the, the very sort of the middle of the, the, uh, the civil war there, and he had discovered that. People didn't have any clothing to wear. People, they were wearing grass and tree bark because they had nothing at all. Everything had been taken from them. And he wanted to do something about it. So he went into Mozambique, came down to the coast to a place called Baira, and he found this house which was empty. And uh, the reason why it was empty is because it looked like that. <laughs> um, and, um, but he, he, got a, he got a vision from God that this could be the base in Mozambique. And so uh, we went out there uh, to have a look at, to see what we could do with it. And there was, there was four of us um, that went. And the idea was, was that we were going to clear out the back. See, I don't know if you can tell, but just to the left of the picture is the sea. And in the storms, the sea would come up and sweep underneath the foundations... And you know what happened about the man who built his house on the sand? Yeah, well, that's what happened. The foundations were swept out, and the back of the house had fallen out. So, um, but this guy had this vision that this was going to be the new uh, lifeline base um, in, in, in Byra. And so we had to uh, clear out the, the bottom here, and we had to cast a new foundation, uh, a new ring foundation all the way around, and then we gradually had to build up the back of the house until we reached the roof, which was dangling slightly. Um, and um, so us as a team, we went out there, we, we were out there for a couple of weeks 
and we cast the foundations. But I'd said to um, I'd said to both my church and to the guys, look, I'm available to stay for six months and basically oversee some of the, the work that was going on there because there were various people coming out from England to do um, particular jobs. Um, but I was I said, no, I'm, let me be. Let me tell you, I have no building experience. All right. I was fresh out of my highly qualified undertaker's job. <laughs> all right, so that's my, that was my qualification, right? And there I was, all of a sudden I found myself sort of basically responsible for this building project for which I knew nothing about, apart from how to turn the cement mixer on and off. And that was probably my limit. But as we went along, it was, I found myself having to ask God for different ways of doing things as, you know, with limited resources as we went. And um, so we got as high as the first floor. Now, you can see where the stairs are, and you see the first floor. But the first floor, they are cast in concrete. And um, so what we had to do is we got to that level. We'd built the back of the house up. We suddenly thought, well, how are we going to cast the first floor? How are we going to um, build a platform, really, to put the cement and everything onto it as we did it? So... Um, I went to bed scratching my head thinking, okay, I just said, God, I need a plan because this is holding us up now. We need to move on to the next stage. And in the night, I woke up and I got this clear picture of what to do. And I drew it on a piece of paper. And it was, we, we made our own bricks. Our, they're like breeze blocks. We had a, a mould. So we had two guys working on it, just making bricks. And the idea was, was that inside the room, so this downstairs back room, I would build columns of, of bricks, not... not cemented, just dry columns of, of bricks all the way up, right the way across and then we'd put sheets of um, we'd got shutterboard and then we'd put the, um, the, the, the reinforcing girders and we'd tie all the old beams not beams, reinforcing um, sheets of steel and tie those all into the, around the walls and I'd build it all up and then we had the platform and then we would just spend a whole day on the cement mixer, shoveling um, uh, buckets and buckets of concrete up there, cast it, get it all level uh, and that's what we do. So the next morning, I showed the plans to the, the local guys, and they all looked at me and scratched me. I said, no, let's do it. So we built, the, we built it, as I'd said, according to the picture. We cast it all, um, and we damped it all off, and then I gave the guys the day off the next day because we couldn't do anything because we had to let the concrete go off, and that worked really hard and all the rest of it. Anyway, about four days later, um, the guys uh, who was in Zimbabwe came down, and I met him at the front gate, and he said, he said, Right, God has shown me how to do the first floor. I went, oh, um, I've done the first floor already. He said, well, what do you mean? And I, I, and I said, look, here, here's the picture. This is what God gave me in a dream or you know, in, in the middle of the night. And he got out of his and he said, God gave me the same picture. It was like, really? And he came around and he looked at it. He said, that's exactly how I, I would have done it. So it was one of those things where I just think, you know, um, that's what it ended up looking like before we put any paint on it. Um, but we went right up and propped it up at the city. But it was one of those times where I thought, you know what, I have no idea what to do here. But actually, my God does. Yeah. And it's just a case of saying to God, okay, God, I don't know, but you do. Help me. Just show me what to do. And that's where we ended up. We built all these um, sea defences as well so that it didn't happen again. And... Um, you know, I spent 18 months out there the first time round doing that and doing all sorts of other things, um, getting it all ready. And this is where, um, this is the base that we still have. This is, uh, you know, where Jamie goes every now and then. Have you been there lately? 
No. Yeah, a year ago. Still standing. <laughs> Especially the bit at the back. The bit at the back's really good. So, um, but yeah, so that was basically finding yourself in a place where you have no idea what to do anything. God can still just drop something into, you, into, your, into your mind, into your heart, and say, that's how to do it. And that's what, that's what God did. Here's another response. I'm fearful. I'm fearful. I'm fearful that um, people might find out what I'm really like. Dearie me. Don't look at me like that, Charlotte. <laughs> but, you know, um, the thing is, is that I've found that when you work alongside someone, in Proverbs it talks about iron sharpening iron. You know, it's basically you're there together and you get challenged on maybe sometimes how you react or and stuff like that. And actually it's nothing to be fearful of because God wants us to, to work together to sharpen each other. You know, to knock, knock off all those lumps and those things that get in the way. And um, that's part of his plan, that we actually do do stuff together. We do have adventures together with people so that actually we become a bit more like him. We work together. So what other people might think of me? Now, this has always been one of my things. Oh, what are people... If they, if they knew what I was really like, what would they think of me? But actually, we could probably all say that. And the thing is, is that I've found that as people actually find out what I'm really like, they still do like me. They don't go, oh, that's enough, and they just walk off and leave me. They do actually still... So actually, it's, it's, a, it's a thing that we might have inside of us, but actually, it's a thing that's preventing us from working and, and being with each other. And, you know, if you got to know what I was really like, you still might like me, I'd hope. So I try to live by that thing now of, is it WYSIWYG? That was an old computer term, wasn't it, Anthony? What you see is what you get. So that's how we should be. So, you know, you should be hiding stuff. But, you know, these are just a few things that you might find get in the way. What about this one, then? Well, that sounds nice, but other people tell me, oh, that's not for you. Have you ever found that? People may want to offer you an opinion about what they think you should be doing. I, I suppose the thing I can relate back to is I'd been a Christian for just six months when I knew that I was going to be going off to Mozambique. All right? So I said to my parents, I'm going to Mozambique. It's a civil war. And <laughs> my mother's face. Well... Wouldn't you be better going to Bible college in Wales or something? <laughs> what, with all them sheep? No. Anyway, but it's that, sometimes it's that thing of people, they, they want to offer you some advice. They want to tell you what they think would be better for you. But actually, it comes down to, well, what's God said? What's God said? You know, it's okay to go and talk to people, but if they start telling you you should be doing that or you go do that, they just may, you may end up never doing anything because of listening to other people. Instead of just going, no, I really, really feel this is what God wants for me. Let's just, let's just go and do this. What if, what if nothing happens? What if I, what if, you know, I step out and declare that I'm going to go and do this and nothing happens? Do you know, my, one of my favourite stories currently in the Bible is, is Jonathan and his armour bearer where he says come on let's go over to the other camp 
And if God turns up, we give him a beating. My paraphrasing doesn't quite say that. But it's that whole thing of, let's go and see what happens. And if God turns up, it'll be even better. Jamie spoke a while back about, uh, I think it might have been the, the boat trip. And even if it wasn't the right thing, I'd still do it all again. Did, did you tell Lucy that? <laughs> but it's that whole thing of actually, let's just go and see if God turns up. Just step out. You know, God is, God is very good at, um, at correcting our mistakes. When I... I've been a Christian for six months and I, I knew for sure that God wanted me to go and work abroad. And I, I may have told this story a while back about um, I, really, I really wanted to go and work abroad and I, I signed up for something called a Lima team. And it was an organisation which I think are still about, Regions Beyond Missionary Union. They've become Latin Link now. Um, but I signed up for one of their teams and I'd gone to the interview and, I'd, and I got a thing back to say, yeah, you're accepted. And I was all raring to go. And, um, you know, I'd, I'd handed my notice in at work and I was, that was it. And I knew that the, the day they were going and I thought, well, they should have talked to me by now. And when I phoned them up, they said, yes, yes, you've been accepted for next year's team. No, 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 I'm ready to go now. Right now, no, no, not like 14 months away. No, 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 that was... Oh, no. And literally, I'd handed my notice in and I was all raring to go. And I thought, that's it, I'm I'm off. But you know, the very next week, somebody came through and said... Somebody somebody came through at church and said, do you know, I'm looking for somebody to come to me to to Mozambique with me and I'm sure there's somebody here who's ready to go. Yeah, it's me! It's me! (laughs) Thank goodness for that. So, the, the... the thing was is that I'd, I'd heard God on one bit and I was off to South America. And God's going, oh no, actually just go to South Africa instead. So it was the whole thing of actually, you know, God, God could still change my mistakes and, make, and use them for good. And I think, you know, even if, even if nothing happens, you will still learn stuff, you will still hear from God. But actually, um, you know, you can think, well, maybe I didn't even hear God. My last story of the morning. So, back in uh, January time, I think it was, we, we talked about uh, doing a team to Zimbabwe. And uh, if you were interested, you could go to, um, go to Rishon Suit House to hear a bit more about it. And my first response was, oh yeah, I'd like to do that. Ah, uh, I'm due to go to Sierra Leone to teach um, uh, Doulas and I'll only be back about two and a half weeks and I'd be going off to Zimbabwe so I'm sure, I'm sure my family wouldn't be able to cope without me. <laughs> have, I, have I said this before? So that was my first response. Well, yeah, I don't, no, I don't think so. Um, so but anyway, I went to, uh, we went over to the meeting and I heard uh, John was there and we talked about the, what we're going to be doing on the team and uh, we're going to be going to see George in Bulawayo and do this. And I thought, ah, oh, sounds really good, but, you know, I uh, don't know. You see, because the team was going um, uh, during, April, during the Easter holidays, so in April, and my contract at work finished halfway through while I was on the team. So it meant I'd be coming back to no job. So I thought, well, my family are going to miss me, and then I'd have no job to come back to. Uh, 
we really can't go. And then, of course, we're in the middle of having building works and we've got no spare money and we've got absolutely no cash at all and, I just, we just, and it's going to be really expensive. <sighs> no. And I said to John, no, I'm not going. Can't go. There's too many practical things in the way. Just can't go. And John looked at me and went, really? <laughs> you know how sometimes... Anyway, <laughs> he just has that way of saying something. Just one word. Um, <laughs> so... That was the Sunday night. The Monday, I'm walking the dog around the park. I'm thinking, oh, you know, I really would like to go. But there's this and there's this. And, and you know how God just goes, yeah, and? And, you know, over the years, I've, I have learned that, that God doesn't do everything the same way he used to. And I'm always, you know, and he was just like, yeah, and I go, oh. But there's, yeah. And I think by the time I'd got back from... Uh, walking there, I said to Deb, yeah, I, think, I think we should, I should go, really. And Deb's going, yeah, go, go, go on. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. <laughs> so, but I then spoke to John and said, I think, you know what, I think I need to go. I think, I, I think God wants me to go, despite all these, all these other things that are getting in the way, all, my, all the things that I've talked about this morning, that... I really think I'd need to go. So we signed up, and it was probably I, probably, I could say it was probably one of the best teams I've ever been on. It was just fantastic. You know, the, 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 the stuff that God did with each of us, but with all the guys we encountered out there, it was just fantastic. It was absolutely amazing. And I knew it was the right place to be. It was just, just the best adventure um, on a, on a team that I'd ever had. And my contract got extended at work. My wife coped without me. <laughs> and I had more money come in than was, was needed at all, to the point where I was able to take money with me to give to people out there. And that was just God. Just fantastic. So probably where we've got to end is, well... <laughs> What's your next adventure? You know, it's all right for me. It's all right. You can't just say, oh, it's all right for Martin. But actually, this is for everyone. What could be your next adventure? I noticed in the newsletter, we're talking about Doulos for starting in, is it September, October? Doulos is a great adventure. Ask anyone that's been on Doulos, they will tell you it's a great adventure. Mentoring. We're doing mentoring again with the Institute. Another, you talk to guys that do the mentoring, including me. It's, it's a great time. It's really excellent. Get involved with the hub. Work alongside Fatima. I mean, we could learn some stuff from Fatima, I tell you. That would be an adventure in itself. But just going and spending time at the hub there. Or the next team. I don't know what the next team's going to be. I know there's an Iraq team coming, but I think that's already, is that already signed and sealed, or is there still. Is there still. I don't know if there's spaces, but anyway. Iraq's not dangerous. It's fine. All right? International teams. Don't look at me like that. But all of these things, I'm sure we could all have very good reasons why we shouldn't. But I'm saying, ask God. And see if God gives you a good reason why you shouldn't. Because he wants us to be involved. He wants us to have adventures. All right? So there you go. There's my little... That was my little bit. Oh, hang on a minute. Oh, I'm... Sure. Oh... I'd have been in trouble if I hadn't put that one on, wouldn't I? <laughs> I was thinking of setup and things like that. Well, of course, this is, I was doing this during the week, but 
set up teams. We always need people on set up teams. There's all sorts of ways that you can have adventures. All right? It doesn't have to be overseas. It could be here or early on a Sunday morning. And apparently, the reward is a bacon sandwich. That's worth thinking about. Anyway, as I've said already, when you look at those, don't think that would be nice for someone else. Say to yourself, any of these for me, God? Any of these for me? There we go. Just keep, keep that slide up there for a moment. Let's just um, reflect on that. I, I wasn't quite done. As Martin was talking, I was still kind of looking at that slide, kind of thinking, hmm. So just continue to look at the words, continue to think. And it may not be those things, but it is a case of us finding what's, what's the adventure for me. Um, hmm. Lord, we just ask that you would be continuing to reveal the adventure that you have for each of us. Lord, that this, this would be about how we activate and what we do. Lord, that you have called us not just to live life and progress, but you have called us to do something beyond that. And Lord, I ask for individuals that you would continue to stir them as to the next part in their adventure with you. Amen. Hmm... Hmm, right. Well, let's continue to be asking God what his adventure for us is. When I find what my adventure is, I will share that with you. I'm on that journey, as many of you are. Some of you have found some adventures. Um, But, you know, it's it's a whole series for us. Um, If you would like prayer then come to the front and the prayer team will be here. And um, please do be aware, this summer lots of people are away. That gives us a good opportunity to meet new people from amongst us, to watch, to watch out from who's here and think, actually, who can I get together with this week? I mean, it's very nice to kick back and just enjoy the summer, but it could be an, an, uh, an adventure for us in terms of who we relate with, who we reach out to. You might find you have new neighbours or different people around. And so let's just use that opportunity in this more relaxed zone. We have less um, functions on less regular timetables, but it gives us more flexi time. So let's make sure we use that flexi time rather than just squandering it. There we go. Right. That'll do. See you later.